Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Progeny special podcast for the holy month of Ramadan. Inshallah, you're all well. Inshallah, you're wherever you are, you're safe. And may Allah bless and protect you and your loved ones and your families. And inshallah, we go through this difficult time uh, together, hopefully, uh, and we come out inshallah stronger. Uh, Alhamdulillah, we're going to be recording a few podcasts during this holy month. So hopefully you'll be uh, joining us throughout these podcasts. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Al-Hajj, uh, brother uh, Abdullah Najim. Uh, and inshallah, we'll be talking about uh, the internet, the challenges we face uh, online, challenges we face social media, also as well as the challenges we, we, we have with our, with our children. Uh, a lot of people will be working from home in the next few weeks. Uh, they've probably been working at home for the last few weeks as well, uh, with the month of Ramadan as well. So. We're probably spending more time on the internet uh, and there's a lot of challenges. Some of them we know about, some of them we don't know about. And Abdullah, inshallah, is, a, I believe, a cyber expert, a computer expert, and he'll go through the security with us. He'll go through the challenges we face and maybe try and come up with some solutions for us. Uh, because of, obviously, you've seen the, the podcast, because of the coronavirus, we're uh, taking the precaution of doing this recording um, and using social distancing. Assalamu alaikum brother Abdullah Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Thank you for joining us, uh, it's good to have you Thank you very much, thank you for having me on your show It's a great honor and privilege to be in this show uh, I'll firstly ask you, um, how is it going for yourself? Um, uh, hope you're well, hope you're safe, your family uh, How are you coping th throughout this uh, coronavirus outbreak? Alhamdulillah, it's been uh, very good. It's been very challenging. You know, it's been in the house. Um, there is a lot of opportunities, which is good. Uh, it's the best time to utilize the opportunity. We have a world of knowledge online. We could use that. And it's a great time for us to uh, get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the same time, improve on ourselves, our personal development, our knowledge as well using the internet. Perfect. Um, it's, it's, it's also interesting that... Um a lot of jobs that were sort of told can only be done uh, in the office are now being able to, you're able to do the same job at home. Uh, how important do you feel the internet is uh, today? Well, that's an interesting topic, to be honest, because uh, a couple of years ago they did this uh, survey. I don't have the actual source of it, but they found out that people are more productive if they work two days a week from home. Now that we have to, are forced to work from home, uh, I think it's a good thing. Um, it will give an opportunity for families to bond together because of uh, social media now. There is not enough bond. People have come from work tired and stuff. But to answer your question, I think there are negatives and positives from working from home. Uh, just mm -hmm. to show that working from home is possible. Uh, it's not really a bad thing. The only thing is management can't guarantee people are doing the job yeah. and they're not slouching around. <laughs> so so that's one thing that they're, they're doing. But at the same time, uh, it, it helps uh, a, a person who likes to be in the house and doesn't like to go commute in the train or the bus in the busy streets of, of the metropolitan city. Mm -hmm. Then it's, it's good for them to, to be in the home and, and relax and, and just uh, you know wake up at eight o'clock just get ready before work and, and start at 9 a.m 
before before I, I, you know I want to speak about the challenges of, of social media challenges of, of working home challenges with with, with with internet security tell us a bit about what what you do what's what's your job um, and how does this come into play with what we're, what we're going to discuss today inshallah uh, I'm an information security consultant and my responsibilities involved looking at what an organization is trying to deliver in their organization or in mm-hmm. their company from the short, medium, and long term, whether it's a project or something else, I look at the information or the data they're going to be using within that uh, project. Mm-hmm. And I work with the architects in order to assess the risks to that data or information from external and internal malicious users. At the same time, uh, I look into how we could safeguard that information. So I put in controls into place, I advise the architects or the organization, what they could put in, what safeguards or controls they could put into place to protect that data from unauthorized access. And I've, I've got a vast uh, experience in, in managing security solutions, uh, vast experience in even building PCs. I, I, I've had a hobby, I still have a hobby in fact, okay, uh, yeah. in building PCs and troubleshooting and, and just I just find it very enjoyable uh, from okay. all aspects of, of IT. We'll, we'll come up, we'll, we'll come to, to that hobby of yours, inshallah. Maybe <laughs> give inshallah. Us some, but if someone's, uh, you know, this, you know you, you're doing information security uh, for different organizations, how did you um, go about getting into this? I mean, did, what did you study for this? Uh, how did you gain the experience? Was it difficult getting into this career? Uh, at first, actually, uh, I think... To be honest with you, Alhamdulillah wa shukran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been blessed me with many things in my life. Uh, Alhamdulillah, the, how I got into this role is that in, originally I'm a, I was a network engineer. I, I always wanted to become a network engineer. My degree was in computer networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did CCNA, which is a Cisco certification for networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I wanted to become a, a network engineer. However, um, someone kind of blocked me from becoming that. And then I went to the security manager and I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in security. He asked me to do some certifications. I did some certification. And uh, alhamdulillah, I'm, I am where I am right now with 12 years of experience in information security. So I had to do a lot of studies. And, and I've, to be honest, I'm still studying till today. Would you, if someone was looking, you know, a lot of people I know maybe looking into networking, computing, uh, a degree, is it... W- w- is it a good a good job to have? Would you would you advise someone taking up this this this, this career this path or, or maybe absolutely? Or maybe I mean, no, no, absolutely. I I completely think it's a very important role at the moment in our current society because there are always malicious users uh, trying to break into companies. And if you mm-hmm. could see right now, all these major organizations and companies, they always get hacked. So you need people like me to try to stop them from hacking because no matter how much controls we put into place a a malicious user will always find a way to break into an organization there's always loopholes so uh, we we try to stop those at intervals or whenever we discover something we try to patch them and and try to protect the organization with regards to hacking um um, I mean, sometimes we, 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 like the emails I get, I'm, I'm talking someone that's really not into computers and the internet so much. I just know how to use them, but like n- not the details of it. So when it got when it comes to hacking, you know, usually hacking like w- like the way I see it uh, is, you know, sometimes you get these emails about someone trying to hack your your bank details or tr- someone trying to get into your bank account or saying that your Apple ID is is, is wrong or you 
so on you know your email password needs to be that's sort of the hack the the, the i'm guessing the, the 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 lower level hacking that that that, that yeah. certain people will face someone like me will face but obviously with big organizations i'm guessing it's, it's, it's much it's much bigger than that how does hacking work is my first question and then i'll i'll, I'll the second question which I'll, i i want to know when you try stop that someone hacking i'm guessing that you sort of know how to hack as well so you're sort of doing reverse engineering if that makes sense yeah absolutely so so how does yeah. how does hacking work with with big organizations and if you can give us an example like i don't know a bank or or an organization that has maybe people's uh, credit card details how, how how does that work and how do you try and stop it so with, with regards to uh, large organizations of course when when o- large organization make things work they have all these different networks or different solutions working together to deliver something and how it works imagine a car it has brakes it has an engine mm-hmm. it has air conditioning it's got all sorts of different components these components work together to deliver something to you it delivers you a vehicle imagine there is a pipe in the air conditioning unit that that breaks or or yeah let's just take that for example or maybe i'm not a car expert i'm i'm, t- I'm just going a whim here but anything that breaks in the car for example mm-hmm. the air conditioning it will not give you cool weather in the in the summer so hot water, uh, hot air will come through the, the air conditioning unit and, and it would, wouldn't be pleasant because that pipe broke. Same with organizations. Sometimes they have all these different solutions working together to deliver something. And if what hackers do, they analyze, they collect data, they do social engineering, they do all sorts of things. Uh, they even look at new discoveries, whereas maybe the organization is probably running an older application or software where there is a vulnerability and they're able to exploit that invulnerability. So what they do is they look, they analyze the data, they analyze the information, and then look at where there is a hole in the organization. They try to exploit that and try to extract that information from uh, from that uh, 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 solution or from that uh, infrastructure of that organization. So they try to look at where their holes are by studying the solution, uh, attempting to hack, attempting to gain information by social engineering or other means. And then what they'll do is try to exploit that that loopholes. So I'm guessing I'm and guessing extract the information, of course. For you to stop that, for you to stop the hacking, you also must be someone that is able to hack. I I, I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> I I can't confirm or deny that information. This but what I do say is, <laughs> <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> but I mean, the thing Anything is, hacking you is say a skill. Will be used against you in the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but hacking hacking is a specific skill set. There, there are people who specify their lifetime on hacking because mm-hmm. with hacking, you have to understand how an operating system works. Lin, uh, for example, Linux, how a, a Windows machine operating system works, mm-hmm. how an Apple uh, operating system works, how an Android works, how an mm-hmm. iOS works. So there's so many things. It's, it does take a lifetime and, and, a, and a special interest for you to learn uh, everything for about hacking and there are specialist software out there available to use for you to be able to hack with 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 the, with the coronavirus and you know everyone's sort of now spending more time at home working from home and i'm guessing again this is a i guess um most people are not so much familiar with 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 all, with all these with all these hacking skills that people use to to maybe get into their computers or what should what you know with and i mentioned this because maybe maybe at work you have more security on your computer but maybe now at home 
there isn't that much security because maybe especially for those that work on, on, on computers they might have a network that tries and you know blocks any virus or any any hacking uh, uh, devices that try to hack someone's computer but when you're at home uh, you might not have that skill set to try and stop a virus or even someone trying to hack into your computer what should people look out for what's what's what do you think the steps are you know if, if i've been told i work on a computer at office uh, and now i've been told to go home i'm using my own laptop what are there particular steps someone needs to take uh, when they start using you know um, different software or going online absolutely and uh, i mean luckily some people who are forced to work from home in this self-isolation era of pandemics uh, luckily they have uh, laptops that the work have provided them. and what happens is whenever they log in to their corporate network automatically updates are being pushed into that laptop however for people who have their personal computers to use what happens is the what what they should be doing is that they should always turn on automatic update for windows or uh, apple whereas uh, when for example microsoft released updates every Tuesday if there is an update available. Make sure that they are up to date, the, the operating system is up to date, so they're protected from that end. At the same time, they should have an antivirus installed and that antivirus should be up to date as well. Each antivirus company releases uh, virus definitions and that gets pushed into the actual antivirus program to update the signatures or update the patterns of any recent viruses that are available. So that's one way uh, of, of protecting your, your information as well. At the same time, you should be more wary of what you're browsing, what you're mm -hmm. clicking, what you're downloading, what you're executing in your machine. Like, for exa example, you mentioned those emails earlier. Mm -hmm. If you don't have an Apple device and you get an e email from Apple, don't open that link. If you get mm -hmm. a PDF from the tax office and you don't expect that from a tax office, don't open that file that comes attached in that email. So always check the source of that uh, email uh, address who's sending you those information. Uh, also, there are controls into place from your email servers. They have spam filters, but they don't always work because malicious users always find a way to deviate from, from the spam filters mm -hmm. and try to make sure that that gets reached into your mailbox. But again, you have to be more wary about these things. If it's too dodgy and you don't expect it, don't don't click that link. I mean, uh, two days ago, my dad had a uh, had a, a message from um, from the congestion charge zone in, in London about he has to update his credit card payment online. He doesn't even have an account for congestion charge mm. because he doesn't go to the city. He doesn't go, and they've yeah. put a link on a text message saying, click here and update your credit card details. Really? Mm. Do you want my wallet too? <laughs> Do you want my bank details? Yeah. So yeah, so some so they're very crafty. They're very good at you know uh, looking at vulnerable people who don't understand these things and trying to exploit them in terms of extracting information from them. You mentioned the word click, and the word clickbait came into my mind. Uh, yes. What's because you know that what what's clickbait, and how does that work? So clickbait is a form of false advertising, that it is either a, a link or a thumbnail that entices a user, it attracts the user to click that. For example, people who play games, uh, for example, especially with the young children, they play Fortnite or Movie Star Planet or uh, Call of Duty, which they shouldn't be because it's over 18 game, but they do anyway. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Or, 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 or Minecraft, all these games, 
uh, or Roblox, all these games they have uh, they have this in in app coins coins that they could purchase and they could use, and for them to have that extra skin or that extra uh, enhancement in the game for them to enjoy themselves, what they do is that they they could purchase coins in the game for them to spend inside the game for them to have that extra skin or whatever to have that edge on uh, and that uh, experience in the game however with clickbaits sometimes you go to these websites and say click this link and you will earn 500 coins for that specific game that that person plays or five coins for that specific website that they want that game uh, those coins because obviously not just games that use coins there's other applications that use coins as well so what they do is they click that link. Of course, it will go to different sites. For example, it might go to a site that deviates from our religion. It could be profanity, violence, mm -hmm. gambling, uh, narcotics, whatever. Or it could go to a site where it extracts information about your devices. Or it could, worst case scenario, download a software automatically to your computer. Mm -hmm. And what that does is when you execute that file, it could be a virus, it could be a Trojan horse, it could be a logic bomb that will slow down your machine or do other malicious activity. Or it could be ransomware, which is the worst case scenario where your machine gets encrypted or your files get encrypted. And for the only way for you to unencrypt that machine that have your photos from, I don't know, 10 years ago that you've saved mm. in there and you don't have anywhere else or any important files, once it encrypts, those files, the only way for you to unencrypt it, you have to pay that malicious user uh, X amount of money and they don't take cash or credit card because it's traceable. They use uh, cryptocurrency, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe Bitcoin or something. Uh, and then what they'll do is they will, they will give you the code to unencrypt it. But at the same time, you lost possibly thousands of pounds. And that happened to a hospital, uh, I think, yeah. somewhere either in the US or in the UK where their whole systems got encrypted by ransomware. So a clickbait is a form of false advertising and they want you to either read or, or go to that link and and read or, or view or just look at that content which is not relevant to you and it could be worse which is a virus. Yeah, you mentioned <coughs> it's very important I feel that the kids issue and sometimes yes. kids may be using their parents' mobiles or even they've got their own mobile or, or they've got their own tablets um, and, they, and, they, and they're playing these games they're downloading these games and then sometimes the credit card bill comes at the end of the month of the parents and it's got hundreds of pounds because the the kids be buying i don't know some specific weapons on on the on the game on, on specific <laughs> specific yeah, yeah. specific uh features th th which which he had to pay for and he was just buying them so th th there's th that's one trap another another issue is sometimes these the advertisements a lot of these maybe games even sometimes with youtube a lot of the videos the uh, in between them or at the start of them uh, th you'll have an ad playing you know that's how the the game of the course fact that it's free or youtube the fact that it's a free um uh website to use it has the way it makes money is by having people advertising on on, on these websites or on these games and the problem is that that, that sometimes you a lot of parents don't know about is some of these adverts are really not appropriate for the kids to see i mean yeah. um, there's sometimes there's one app that i use that has uh, that has an advert and the advert is for example some betting or some gambling uh, uh, website um, obviously I, I, I know that you know this is something that 
that I shouldn't click on or I shouldn't go into. But for for a child, especially I feel now that, uh, which is which I'm really against, by the way, is I see you know kids at the age of four or five they've got their tablets, uh, or they've got even a mobile. Uh, hopefully not at that age, but they've all got their tablets and they're they're doing their own thing and they, you know, they'll spend hours on on these tablets and the parents don't know what's going on. Uh, and I'm talking about the really young kids. What you know? How? What, what, what? There's a lot of challenges there. What could the parents do to stop this stuff, or to try and absolutely at least understand it? Yeah, I completely agree. And this is a massive subject. It's a huge subject, uh, in a number of ways. So let's take, for example, kids currently in this modern era of technology. Mm-hmm. Parents, I feel, they want to keep their kids calm, and from an age of like six months, seven months, when they're having breakfast, the the baby or the child or the toddler has a tablet in front of them for them to to be calm that for them to be you know quiet mm-hmm. and th- there is there isn't that interaction anymore even like a, a 60 year old when when he comes home from work or when he's in the house mm-hmm. he doesn't interact with his family because he can't be bothered he's either on instagram whatsapp or whatever or facebook mm-hmm. and he's talking to his friends from whatever around the world mm-hmm. so the challenge is here is that we now giving too much to children and subconsciously this is affecting their minds yeah. for example you mentioned these um, these adverts there is a game that a lot of people enjoy playing where it's, it's a worm and it goes around and it, it eats food and the more it eats it grows and it's fun okay and, and, and I enjoy it yeah. sometimes when I'm yeah. really bored I play it yeah. and the kids love this they they, they, they play all the time mm-hmm. and uh, what's happening is every time they the level is over and they die there's an advert right in the middle and what's the advert? Is gambling. Now they probably don't understand it now, but subconsciously, this is kind of saying, "Don't worry, this is okay." So when they grow older, this is for them. It's normal because they've seen it. They've grown into it. Uh, and there's not just that. There's a lot of uh, adverts of that sort that is causing them issue. There's also ch- online chat rooms, which is a problem for the children mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. for example, Call of Duty or for Roblox or Minecraft, social tool where people could interact with other players either via voice conversation or a chat window now the challenge here is some of these chat rooms are moderated and there are also if there is profanity so bad language Mm -hmm. it gets censored Mm -hmm. the problem we have Mm -hmm. is that obviously malicious people there's a lot of people out there they have low morals they want to bully young people and what they do they have ways in terms of trying to get more information about them they try to get their numbers to text them via private messages maybe what they do is they try to find a way to try to extract information from a seven-year-old while they're 46 or whatever or 50 or 60 years old and try to extract extract information and manipulate young kids so there's a big problem uh, that with, with social media at the moment so the idea here is is you can't stop them from using the internet that's impossible now we live in this special modern time and the peer pressure with their friends who use tablets and, and, and they go online and do all sorts of things online. They could be creative or they could play games. So you can't stop them. It's an addiction. So what we can do to protect ourselves is a number of ways. We can, of course, make sure that the devices that they are using are patched, which means they're up to date. They have the latest update. There is an antivirus installed on those devices, same as with a PC or a laptop. At the same time, parents should install uh, parental control on their um, on their uh, phones or tablets because that limits, first of all, limits the time about how long they will be using 
this device. At the same time, it will allow the parent to restrict certain applications. You mentioned YouTube. YouTube is mm. is over 18 because some of the content in there is not appropriate for kids. Mm. They've changed it now. Mm. There's a section where an uploader YouTuber will say it's made for kids. But still, mm -hmm. I because the, the parent is an over 18 person, he's logged into his YouTube account. When the mm -hmm. young person uses that phone, he is going to be using the YouTube for adults, even though the video is for kids. So they're going to be content in there for adults. So they could should they should be using YouTube Kids, even though not a lot of the content are are available in YouTube Kids. But still, it will uh, put some limit in there, and the kids will hate hate you for that. By the way, if you put YouTube Kids, yeah. they will hate you because it's restricting them from a lot of things. Uh, with regards to purchases application, when they get this these uh, in-game app, app apps or or these tools that they could maybe buy the pro version and they pay a bit of more money. What parents should do, they should put a password on their App Store or Google Play mm -hmm. so that every time they want to purchase something, they should, you know, it prompts them for a password. So before they purchase it, kind of a safeguard. Say, so you know what, you want to purchase this, it's good, it's fun, but guess what, you need to put a password. If the password's correct, then the purchases go through. And parents would have to get involved because they're going to say, what are you trying to buy? And then if they say, I want to buy this gun, they say, no, no. Why would we want to buy a gun? Uh, you know, for the game, I'm talking. So all these things. Yeah. So there's many safeguards you could put. But at the same time, and this is really important, really important. I think parents should have, have an open discussion with their children about some of the dangers online. Mm -hmm. You know, they should go and say, you know what? Why is they should sit down with the kids, you know, not, not to kind of look over the shoulder and say, you know what? Don't do that. Don't go there. If they see something that is not against or something that's against our religion, they should speak to them say, you know what, this is haram, this is not how Islam is, they advertise that because this is in their culture, it's allowed, you know, stuff like this, you know, we have to, we have, to, at this time now, we have to be best friends with our children, because if we are not best friends with our children at all ages, I know the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that um, after the age of, I believe, uh, from 7 to 14, you have to, of course, uh, teach them from over 14 you have to be their best friend but i think it's always a good time to be be their best friend at the same time uh, raising them is for you to teach them about some of the dangers you have to be a parent that they want to come to you and speak to you know because kids are afraid to come and speak to their parents about some of the experiences online because they're going to get penalized they're going to get in trouble especially if they saw something that is not within our circle of religion or not within our religion peer, uh, remits so we we should educate our children about the dangers of online see what they're doing i think you know it's, it's important because we we concentrate um i feel on the on the on our ethical behavior i mean ethics is a big uh, uh point when it comes to to, uh, to to muslims you know how we portray ourselves how we act how we behave with each other this is something you know we always take the ethics of the holy prophet his family absolutely how we should behave with with our family members with with our parents with our kids how we should behave with the elders you know it's, it's just part of religion i feel uh and i'm not i don't know i'm sure you agree that there also needs to be some sort of ethical way when it comes to online uh usage when it comes to the internet when it comes to social media because sometimes i'll use this as an example sometimes i'll feel a bit 
uh, I'll feel shy or I'll feel that it's not right for me to speak to the opposite sex, opposite gender, face to face or t um, or to interact with them if I see them. But then when I go online, oh, it's okay for me to DM them, to direct message them. It's okay for me to like and give them hearts and and speak to them online because there's no that there's the, that interaction is not there. I feel okay, so I'm not doing anything haram when it's online. So I feel the 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 problem, or hopefully it's not a problem, but we it may lead to a problem where we feel that it's it's okay to do these things online because one, no one's seeing us, so we we, we forget that, that you know that Allah is seeing us, obviously, and two, because the parents, uh, which I wa this is the question I want to ask you is. You're saying, you know, we should be familiar with the internet. Uh, we should be familiar with social media sites. A lot of the, 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 the younger generation will have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whereas the older generation don't even know what Facebook or Instagram or, 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 or Twitter is. Maybe recently now, because they're on lockdown, they'll sort of maybe <laughs> have these, these, these apps. Yeah, absolutely. They're but forced into it, yeah. Don't, don't you think, you know, that for us to understand... The, the, for us to, to face these challenges we must understand these social media sites yeah and I think this is a, something that is a, it's, it's an issue for us because uh, like I said we're jumping from this generation of who have no idea about some of the the features available online to a generation where no, they know everything about the internet and with regards yep. to social media it's kind of there is a study that shows that social media in terms of Instagram Facebook and and uh, Twitter and whatever, <coughs> they they have a negative effect on young people. They young people tend to suffer from depression and anxiety. The reason being is because mm. they look at these influences online, where they have this blink lifestyle. They have these beautiful cars. They have these beautiful trainers. I don't know these belts or whatever Gucci belts or whatever, and everyone loves those things. So what they want to do is they want to live up to that expectation, and because they want it on the short term, not not in the long term, and they could they could reach that position if they study if they finish the you know the degree or they maybe open their own business or whatever and they work and they and, and they be, become wealthy then they could buy those things but because they can't achieve those goals in the short period of time hence they get depressed and they suffer from anxiety so it's very difficult for for families to to control but this is it we have to as families we have to sit down with our kids we have to portray the teaching of islam what it's all about. We have to go back to, you know, when I was when I was a kid, the best stories were told by my dad. And there was, you know, about the yeah. prophets and about the imams, stuff that, you know, I just sat down and it just put me into this world of, you know, it just felt so amazing to know that these, to learn about these different stories. Now, all this material is available online. If your parents can't be bothered to teach you or they, they don't have the time, yeah. you have an encyclopedia to do anything you want. In fact, um, now that we're in lockdown, uh, I, I've been given my brother's haircuts. I've cut my hands twice. Yeah. Tw I've, I've done it twice. I've cut my hand twice. But you know, this is I, I never given anyone haircut before. But now I, I give I give my brother skin fade. I mean, it wasn't great, but I think in the next couple of times it, it will be better. So it's an opportunity for us to look st stuff online on YouTube or whatever and try to learn. There's people do oil painting. There's people learn, trying to learn about uh, personal development. Yeah, DIY, exactly, yeah, DIY, uh, yeah, so it's, it's amazing, it's, it's a good opportunity for us to use this tool, to play games, fine, let's play games, let's enjoy ourselves, but also allocate some time to learn about the Ahlul Bayt, allocate some time to read two or three verses about the Quran, understand what they are, do the tafsir, two or three 
uh, hadith, for example, learn about hadith. Just allocate your ta- your time, your day to learn to, to develop yourself because. At the end of the day, you could play games, it's fun, you're not achieving anything. But if you split your time and then try to develop yourself, it'll be a lot better for you in the future as well. I think, yeah, it's, it's, uh, th- this is the the sort of, you can say, the perfect time for parents to build that relationship with their, with their kids, uh, to try and understand the, the, the challenges that they're going through. I know there's going to be a lot of issues maybe of someone spending... Uh, a lot of time at home with his wife and kids maybe he's not used to that but maybe make the best out of it and I, I think you mentioned something really important and that is dividing your day into into a time where you can you can do what netflix or play a game or whatever it is online but at the same time there needs to be time for the quran there needs to be time for spending uh, with your family uh, doing a, a skill you know i don't know diy like you said painting all these all these essential life skills which uh, you can learn if you don't know as a parent and teach your kids you can learn them together or if you know if you know them then you can you can you can teach your kids but i want to move to something else which is which is always something that's bugged me and i've always wanted to ask someone that's into this uh security online security about which is sometimes and i want you to tell me the truth because i'm sure there's a there's something behind this sometimes i speak about something with my friend or my family and then all of a sudden i'll see the advert pop up on my facebook or on my instagram or i don't know another social media site that i'm using for example i'll speak about i don't know a specific car or a specific brand and then that brand will all of a sudden start advertising on my phone are they listening to us from through our phones it's an interesting question and officially no they're not they're not doing anything of that sort unofficially yes they are so um they will not disclose that information uh, i believe as, a, as an information security consultant they are collecting everything about you okay they're putting in a database somewhere uh, call me conspiracy theorist or whatever but there are evidence <laughs> there are evidence in the past few times where you know um, where apple or google they collect information about you so they do that anyway and with regards to you speaking about these things i mean I wouldn't really think that they got within that extent. They only probably, I mean, Alexa, for example, Alexa, if you people who have that at home, whenever you, you ask Alexa something, of course, that goes in a database. So when you ever go into your laptop or machine or phone that's connected to Alexa, it will advertise adverts based on your conversations or based on your search. Because every time you visit a site, it's, for example, you go to a, a for Amazon, let's say the biggest, uh, provider of, of mm-hmm. things and you search uh, something to do uh, a towel for example it's a very nice expensive towel uh, what happens is uh, that page will install a cookie it's called a cookie into your browser mm-hmm. so that that makes it that makes the experience faster so the next time you log into amazon to look at that towel it straight away goes to the towel without it lo- taking a long time to load that cookie can you stop that online you can, can you stop cookies on? you can stop cookies online but i mean some some banks they stop all cookies some some organizations don't because it slows down the machine so when you load and i, I don't feel really it's i mean it's, there is importance in stopping there but I, I don't feel you should be okay it's not that big however there are ways of to hack a machine using cookies but of course all the modern antiviruses have protection against that unless they found something new or something that the antivirus can't stop 
but don't worry about disabling cookies. I think that's, that's a bit extreme. Yeah. But with regards to cookies, it makes the experience of loading to that website much quicker. What happens is whenever you visit another website that has advertising on the site, it look at your cookie history and says, oh yeah, he visited an, an Amazon couple, you know, two or three days ago and he wanted to tell that. I don't know if you bought it or not, but let's just put that towel there anyway, just in case you forgot about it. So maybe you'll purchase it. Of course, when you click that link, the website that you're visiting, that's how they will generate revenue through advertising. And then if you want to buy it, you buy it. If you don't buy it, then you don't buy it. But at least they've tried to make you buy it. So with regards to voice conversation, it's possible. I haven't seen any evidence where they will listen to your conversation based on your, uh, on your things that you've spoken about. However, if they... If they want, they can turn on your microphone or your camera at any time. Uh, of course, they have to have a court order. Well, they say they need a court order. But I think if you are a special interest to, to national security in any country, they will do it without a court yeah. order. So the specific ads that you'll see on, on different social media sites is just because of these cookies and because you've searched for these things. Yes. They'll sort of turn up, even though a lot of the times... Some people say, well, I've never, I haven't searched for it, but all of a sudden I'm getting an ad about it. Yeah, I mean, it's possible because, I mean, sometimes I search on things on my phone and all of a sudden I see it on my PC. And it's two different systems, but because they are yeah. in, because my emails, for example, your Gmail, your Hotmail, your any mm -hmm. uh, uh, sort of, uh, or even Microsoft Office, they're connected. So if you use it on your phone, you also use it on your PC. If you use it on your Mac, you also use it on your, you know, other on your tablet. So... So they're connected. So whatever you search, they, the information gets passed around so that they make sure that they utilize advertising as much as possible for them to generate revenue. Remember, now companies, they don't, they don't make money anymore by selling software or they're selling things. Okay, so now what they do is it's all about advertising. That's why there's a lot of tools that you, you get on your phone right now on your, app, on your App Store or Google Play that mm -hmm. are free. And you think, why is that free? That, that must have taken them ages to, to develop. But they have advertising, and that's how they generate their revenue. That's how they generate their money. What about what about with with, with our stuff, um, our 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 certain details, or sometimes our photos, or or our files being in this cloud? How does how does the the, the, the cloud work? And does that mean if your if your photos, your personal uh, important things that can 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 that be hacked? And should we, we should be we should we be worried about that? We shouldn't be worried, not, not at all. I mean, probably a few years ago, I would have said yes, but no, now no. Because what happens is with, with cloud, it's, a, a, I want to say it in a very basic term, imagine it's a very big computer that has loads of hard drives. And each of one of those hard drives is a space for a specific user. Sometimes one hard drive could have 2,000 users or 100,000 users, depending on the size of the hard drive. That's called multi-tenant. What happened is, is they split that hard drive into the, the different users and allocate space to them for them. Now, how it works is that location is encrypted, and the only person who can access that person uh, that location is yourself. Of course, if you use weak passwords or don't use biometrics, then you are more it's more easier for it to be hacked. For example, if you lose your phone and there's no password on it, and someone, a malicious user or a person logs into that phone or opens that phone, he's able to browse those photos or those documents or whatever. So mm -hmm. the cloud is, is a location, it's a safe location virtually on the internet, on a data center somewhere. That The data in there is encrypted. 
the only way for it to be unencrypted is two ways. Either you use weak passwords or they, there is a vulnerability with the actual solution itself. And most of these organizations, they do a lot of penetration testing, vulnerability scanning of that specific um, uh, solution with regards to the cloud where the information is stored so that they don't get hacked. I'm not saying it's not possible, but so far it hasn't happened uh, in a major scale. But it's possible. It can happen. What's what's a, just so uh, listeners, viewers can understand? What's a, what's a biometric password, and so how, how what, what, why is it important to create a password that's not the so city you were born in plus the year of your birth <laughs> or something like yeah. I do? Because okay, so yeah, don't, don't do that. Thanks for telling me. By the way, now I could <laughs> hack into your <laughs> into your devices. But uh, what what happens is if you use your your name, your date of birth, that is already uh, available information. Like, I could find out when it's your birthday by just checking Facebook. I could find out uh, what your pet's name is just by looking at your, your social media. So all that information is already available, so you shouldn't be using that. Password and, and biometrics are different. Passwords could be something you type. Maybe, I don't know, my cat loves food. I don't know, something like that, with, with numbers and lowercase and characters and stuff like that. However, biometrics, it could be your retina, your facial scan, your retina, uh, your fingerprint this is biometrics so of course biometrics is more secure but some people don't like to have google or apple store their personal data remember all these people organizations are storing your data even your passwords so it's all down to the to the user just make sure you use complex passwords however i think in the next five to ten years uh, it's going to change to mainly biometrics everything's going to be biometrics because it's more secure the yeah the the the, the one million dollar question as they say or pound question and you're you're someone that i realized uses a samsung but android or or apple and why it's a very good because question that's that's that yeah that's that's what everyone really wants to know from this should they buy a samsung an android or should they buy an apple phone if you have a lot of money go for apple yeah if you oh, have okay, so it's to do with it's to do with money i think so because i think what it, what it is i i like samsung because two reasons the android operating system it's it's customizable and mm-hmm. i mean it comes with its negatives of course i don't want to mention those because i'm a samsung fan but uh, with apple it's it's locked down it's it's very easy to use it's nice however when it comes to technology they're always far behind compared to uh, uh, Apple. Sorry, compared to Samsung. Apple's always far behind compared to Samsung for some reason. I don't know. Samsung or, or Huawei or HTC. Um, I forgot the last. Uh, there's another manufacturer that's quite big as well. They always um, release innovative ideas, innovative technology that always you know pushes the edge. iPhone, for some reason, I think because they have the market, they don't release all the latest tech straight away but i tell you they have the, they have an amazing camera their oper- the the ios is so easy to use especially for older people uh, and it looks nice i must admit it's beautiful but at the same time when it comes to uh samsung or huawei they also have nice designs it's just the operating system different it's a little bit harder to use it's more customizable uh, there are vulnerabilities on the samsung and on uh, sorry on the android and on ios apple ios however there is more on the android that's why they patch it all the time uh, there's, there's pros and cons. I, I think because I started with Samsung was cheaper at the time, you know, when you're a student and the technology is still uh, 
growing. So I bought Samsung. And, I, and I, since I've been buying their applications and stuff, hence I stayed with mm -hmm. Samsung. But I mean, they're both good, good phones and they're both good applications. I, I mean, in the last 10 years, I feel uh, the technology has developed so much, uh, especially the last few years. Um, but I feel that, that, that the internet, you know, the, the technology is now sort of um, facing its biggest challenge with, with, with so many people now depending on the, for example, the internet because all a lot of businesses, schools, colleges, universities, because of coronavirus the last few weeks, they've had to use the internet to continue what they're doing, whether it's uh, studying, uh, uh, teaching, or whether it's running their own business. Uh, if they can work from home, they've now sort of depended on the internet. And the question is, do you, a lot of, uh, because there's so much pressure now on the internet, can the, can the internet handle the strain or of, of the rapid traffic growth uh, uh, and the increased usage in the last you know in the from from maybe less use where we had interaction with people and now we're sort of depending on the internet can can the internet handle the strain or or is the internet are we going to have a, a catastrophic failure of the internet no, no, I think uh, the internet will be able to handle because be able to handle all this load, because um, if you look, for example, companies when you when they use the internet, they use it from the offices. So uh, we, we've always used the internet. However, the only difference is, is that when you're in the office, obviously they use specific type of uh, internet connection. They use fiber connection is much faster. Uh, upload and download speed is much quicker. Whereas it's different from uh, where you are in the house. It's much slower at home. But I think with the current uh, pandemic and the issues that we're stuck in the house, I think the companies will be forced to upgrade their backbones uh, systems or backbone infrastructure to be able to handle the load for the home users. So organizations, companies, they're well covered. They're, they're, they've got all the capacity. But I think now they're going to be forced to upgrade their home users' capacity to a much stronger um, uh, well, a load in order to be able to handle all that traffic. But I think you mentioned challenges uh, with regards to the internet. And I think in the next five years, a lot of people are going to, I think with regards, because we mentioned social interaction with the families and stuff, and we're not bonding as much as we used to before. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but now there's this technology called the VR headset, and it's amazing. Oh my God, you could do so much. You could play games that are amazing you know in terms of virtual reality and you could be in, in locations that you could never even dream to be in at the same time mm -hmm. you could use a vr headset to be very creative you could do painting and you could do all sorts of things or even architecture put by putting the vr set on your head however i think if we're not too careful in the next five to ten years i think possibly uh when you come i, I don't even think you need to leave the house anymore you could just sit in the in the house and each person has a VR set over their head, and they just how they interact with each other. I'm, that's what I'm worried about. I think we, we never said the internet is going to overtake us 10 years ago, and look where it's taken us now. And I mm -hmm. think in the next 10 years, it's going to be very different. So we have to be careful on how we tread in this, you know, in this world of on, on this technology, in this world of innovative ideas and 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 capability that we have. Yeah, I think it's very important. You mentioned that we have to be careful especially during this time. I mean, I was reading an article uh, a few days ago how some fraudsters were selling um, fake uh, coronavirus tests or, yeah. 
or even some people selling you know fake masks or absolutely you know, i think we have to be more sensible and i feel that as 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 as, as a muslim community we have to look at uh, maybe doing more online courses for people to try and get them to understand the internet better understand social media sites better um, to understand how to use um, the internet safely to not get uh, hacked you know all these stuff especially the, the, the maybe the older generation who are not so much familiar with with the internet uh they like, like you said they'll be more vulnerable to Absolutely. someone hacking them someone taking you know the, the the simple example you gave of of your father receiving an email about updating his congestion charge credit card details when he doesn't even have an account exactly yeah uh so maybe uh, you know of course he he didn't have an account but maybe someone else who had an account yeah might fall for that and then put his credit card details and before you know it we're going through all this coronavirus uh outbreak and then he's his credit card gets hacked and he you know he he'll face a lot of issues so i think more needs to be done i, I i'm i'm really happy that you've you've come on the show and you've explained Thank you. I, I i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure inshallah we can do more of more of this stuff where people uh, can understand the internet better and can browse safely uh, inshallah um, because i think that's 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 a problem that we don't speak about much no no we don't uh, because maybe the younger generation are used to you know not getting hacked or they're, they're used to using the internet but now maybe a lot of people who are not so much used and who are not so much familiar with the internet might fall into that trap yeah i think a lot of people don't don't understand even if they get hacked they don't know why so they, they have these adverts popping up on their desktop for no apparent yeah. reason because they don't know why they have it or the machine is slower for some reason because they have no idea so it's, yeah, it's possible i mean the issue we have is the older generation of course is they don't understand that the younger generation understands it but don't know how to protect themselves and even lectures now if you want to uh, uh, listen to a lecture online you don't ha sorry if you want to listen to a lecture you don't have to go to a majlis anymore you could all do it in the house so I'm, I'm really scared that in the next few years that social interaction is going to break up it's going to it's not going to be available anymore so hence we need to um, find a solution where we could inshallah. interact socially inshallah Inshallah. Well, I really want to thank you for for joining us today. Thank you very much. Uh, especially because uh, we're in uh, this holy month and we're fasting and we're through this coronavirus. But thank you for making time to join us. Inshallah, the viewers, the listeners can benefit from this. Inshallah. Hopefully, and I pray that you're safe and protected during this difficult time. Thank you, brother Abdullah.